Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, climate change debate is, and I I use the word debate really loosely, there's no really debate going on. There's just people running around telling us that the planet is going to burn and that we need to live our lives as if people did in the 1850s in order to save the planet. And this is an absurd notion. Um, it's, it's impossible. It's an impossibility uh, with the, the society that we have today, uh, the complexity of, of the way people work, the, the complexity of um, the, the economy and the um, division of labor, and, and just in, in general, it's just an impossibility. And um, there's, you know, when you start looking into why, why, why is this happening? Why are people, why are politicians pushing this? Why are activists pushing this? And, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I, I think we could speculate. There's all kinds of... Um, concerns that you know the government is doing this to um, it's the war that can never be won right and um, the lifeblood of government is war so we can we can wage actual war which is becoming more and more unpopular um, although as expensive as it's ever been uh, or we can have a war like the war on drugs where you just wage it indefinitely spend trillions of dollars over time and, um, and, and garner more and more power every year in order to do it. And, and nobody will ever object to it because, you know, the war on drugs is, is, a, is a good war, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a legitimate war on a societal evil. Well, climate change is, is, is like that. It's very much like that. It's, it's, a, it's a legitimate war in their eyes. Uh, on um, something that's evil that's a, that's attacking the planet, and but the problem is that that thing that's evil is us. <laughs> you know, it's 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 all of us. Um, when we turn on, when we flip on a light switch in our house, when we go out into the garage and start our car and drive to the grocery store, when we um, travel to go see. Uh, some of our kids that live in another state or we travel across town to go see a play or, or whatever, wherever you travel, whatever you do on a daily basis, you are consuming energy. Even at, at work, at work, you're consuming energy. Likely whatever it is you, your company does has to consume energy in order to do what it does. So we're talking about something so pervasive, so integrally woven into our society that it is impossible to extricate it without 
seriously imposing on liberty. And instead of having this discussion, you know, we're having discussions about whether John Kerry, you know, flies around on an airplane, you know, a private jet. And I understand those discussions. I understand why politicians want to have those discussions. But, you know, and it is important to point out hypocrisy for certain reasons, right? Uh, if this was really that important, would would John Kerry be spending, you know, burning, you know, a thousand times more carbon to go have some meeting in Geneva than, than I would use in my vehicle, my personal vehicle, for an entire year? I mean, if he really believed in this, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. But certainly it's fun to explore. It's fun to make fun of these politicians. It's fun to show that they really don't care that much about the issue. This is a, a job for them. This is a way for them to uh, garner more power, to live a more lavish lifestyle, and, uh, and to rule over us in some small way, which you know, strokes their ego and makes them feel more powerful and more uh, important, more historical, more of a historical figure and uh, that kind of thing, I think. I think it's an ego thing for a lot of these politicians and former politicians. So with that, I'm going to explore a little, a couple of exchanges that John Kerry had with some congressmen. Uh, one of them is Congressman Michael Waltz out of Florida. And, but before that, I want to play the testimony that they talk about at the beginning. You'll hear Michael Waltz say something to the effect of, uh, Secretary, you know, you, you just testified to, and he'll kind of say it, but I'm going to play that clip first so you have a, the context. So he actually did say what the congressman is, is, is asking him about. And then he appears to walk that back a little bit because it, it was a lie. He lied before Congress. And this is just becoming commonplace. You know, you supposedly, supposedly you have to, you, you stand up and you say, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And we've talked about this before, but the reason that declaration is worded that way is because you can lie uh, by what's called omission. You can, that's that's the leaving out the whole truth, right? You can you can testify in such a way that you lie, but you didn't directly lie. But in the eyes of that oath, that's still a lie, okay? And and this is just like I said, becoming commonplace with these politicians, these heads of state, uh, and, and it's making it very difficult uh, for the Congress to do its legitimate uh, congressional uh, duty in, in, in providing oversight to these, to these initiatives. And I just think it's interesting to hear directly from John Kerry himself and, and to list, listen how he gets a little twisted up, and he's a little bit irritated. He's a little bit irritated that he's being questioned about how he uh, decides to administer his role uh, as secretary. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. 
So that's just a short clip from the testimony that he gave previous to the testimony I'm, I'm going to play in a second. And you can just hear uh, the contempt in his voice, right? He's like, why am I being questioned about this? I don't own a private jet. We've never owned a private jet. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is, uh, an obfuscation uh, of the, of the facts really, because what you're going to hear later on, and we'll talk about it, but, uh, under a lot of heat, uh, they sold the, the Gulfstream four and now he flies around on millionaire. Now, Millionaire is still a private jet, okay? It's just run by a company. You're just renting it. It's like renting a car to go somewhere. So you can, you can get away with saying, I don't, fly, uh, I don't fly private because I, I, fly, I pay Millionaire, and that's commercial. That's a commercial enterprise. But this is just ridiculous. I mean, this is him splitting hairs. The point is he's doing something that 99.9% of the population of our country just doesn't do. And he's, do, and he's justifying it uh, in a way that, that, that he's special somehow. John Kerry's special because he's fighting climate change. And that, that monster needs to be slayed. And if he has to fly around in a private jet to get to his meetings in Geneva and in uh, Sydney, Australia, and all these various places, then by God, he should have the right to do that because he's special. I mean, that's really what he's saying. And of course, you know, this is this just gets worse as you give the government power. There's going to be people that are special, and there's going to be the rest of us. And they're going to deny the rest of us liberty so that the special people can do whatever the hell they want to do. Mr. Secretary, uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record an uh, article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that object. you've never I, owned or I personally, your family, I by your family? personally, yes, my wife owned a plane and sold the and plane. You flew That's on that been, plane? Uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, and sure. And this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane? So this looks bad for John Kerry, and he knows it looks bad, and that's why he's saying, well, my wife owned a plane. But look, here's the deal. If, if, if my wife owns a car, okay, then we own the car. You know, there is no, my wife owns some things and I own some things. If you're married, then you, there's joint property. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Everybody knows this and he even knows it. That's why he's going to great lengths to try to demonstrate that he's not flying around commercially because he knows he's a hypocrite. He knows that if his wife owns it, that he also owns it. He knows these things. He's not an idiot. And so the question then is, why are you lying before Congress? I mean, I just played the clip for you a minute ago where he says, I, I don't own a plane. We don't own a plane, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a lie. Okay. So, uh, and then this, uh, Michael Waltz calls him out, out on that. He says, hey, you just lied to Congress under the questioning of 
Congressman Mills, you know, and he's, again, this is, this is just what they do. And, and he, it's harder to do in front of Congress because there's, there's real penalties. I mean, if they decided to charge him with lying to Congress, they could, they could do that. Whereas when he gets on TV, as he gets off of a private jet, you know, it doesn't say United on it or American Airlines or JetBlue or anything like that. It's, it's a white jet that doesn't have any name on it. They, they show him walking down the jet, uh, the stairs from the jet. And they say, you know, don't you think it looks bad that you fly private? And, well, I don't, I don't own a plane. I've never owned a plane. You know, that's the that's his thing. But now when he gets in front of Congress, he's it, it's a little bit different. And so, you know, these these laws that they create don't apply to them. And uh, in, in, in general, they never do. I mean, Congress always exempts themselves from whatever law they pass. They exempt themselves from Obamacare. They've exempted themselves from almost everything they've ever passed. And um, I don't know why that's not a violation of the 14th Amendment, equal protection under the law. I mean, if you're passing laws that apply to everybody except you, then that's not equal protection under the law. But somehow, you know, the Supreme Court never challenges any of these things. But, you know, we, we need to just, what we need to focus on, I think, is that the whole thing is ridiculous. Um there's, uh, we're not going to play it today, but there's testimony uh, with with uh, Congressman Massey uh, where they talk about there were many, many times that the CO2 levels were much higher. There's, there's absolutely zero evidence, okay, zero, that CO2 has anything to do uh, with warming. It, certainly at the levels we're talking about, uh, you know, sub one sub percent levels. These are these are trace amounts of CO2. Even if you're talking about 2,000 ppm, you're talking about um, uh, two tenths of a percent. Okay, of CO2. That's a very trace amount of CO2. Just by contrast, uh, the the amount of oxygen in the air is about 22 percent. So you know, there's very, very little CO2. And, and, and you got to remember too, that humans, when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. And then by a chemical process that takes place in your body, that oxygen is exchanged and you exhale CO2. So human beings themselves are emitting CO2. So I, I, I just don't see how CO2 can be a poisonous gas uh, to our very livelihood if it's something that we ourselves are expelling from our bodies as we breathe in and out. So just the whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, there very well may be, uh, the climate may be changing, but it has nothing to do with CO2. And probably more importantly, um, it, it's a fool's errand to think that the United States government, or any government for that matter, or a collection of governments could do anything about it that would uh, make it better. My Secretary, wife, Mr. Oh, Secretary, my wife, here's the, here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause, Mr. Secretary. But I'll, I'll move on. I but, but just want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint. Afford me the, the right at least to set the record straight here. 
I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I do. I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on you flown all on of a private jet since you've taken this position? Just, just let me let me finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on. Sure. He's still hanging on to the fact that his wife has a jet or had a jet. You know, this, I mean, every American knows or almost every American knows that if you or your wife owns something, it belongs to the other person person as well. I mean, there is no, I own this and my own, my wife owns that. I mean, not unless they have some sort of document that details that pre-marriage. I mean, they would have to have that before they were married. And so, you know, this is just ridiculous. He, he admits there to, to flying on millionaire, uh, millionaire. You can go to any airport. It's usually on a, a, it's not in the, the same terminal as all the other terminals. You can drive up to it. They have their own parking lot. You pull in and you can fly. Like I could fly from Houston to Denver, Colorado. And instead of paying, you know, $300 on Southwest or something, you know, it cost me $2,500 on millionaire and they handle my bags and I don't have to, you know, rub shoulders with the little people and I can drink cocktails and whatever, you know, on the plane. That's, that's, that's the difference. But the jet itself, you know, millionaire has a fleet of jets that burn carbon at a rate many, many, many times the rate at which you uh, burn carbon in your car. I mean, we're talking about an order of magnitude more fuel is burned in an airplane than you drive in your car on a single trip, by the way. On a single trip across the country, an airplane burns an order of magnitude amount of fuel more than your car burns an entire year. So this guy can't even, he doesn't even believe enough in what he's doing to stop that. And, and fly on a jet with a hundred other people uh, to go to his little things, his little sessions where he talks about how the planet's going to burn and the seas are going to rise and and food is not going to be able to be produced and you know a m- bunch of people are going to die and and maybe maybe that does happen okay maybe it does I don't know I, what I'm saying though is it's ridiculous to to say that that is being caused by man. I mean, man's impact on the environment, it does happen. But we take great pains to, uh, we go to great pains to minimize our impact on the environment. And certainly by walking around or using some of the things that we've, that people have invented over the years, like electricity and the automobile cannot be uh, bad for the planet. I mean, that's just, it's just ridiculous. And like I said before, even if it is, and there's no way to prove that it is. Um, but even if it is, what, what makes me think that John Kerry could somehow fix it or Al Gore could somehow fix it? Really? I mean, these guys are idiots. They're lawyers. A lot of times, uh, John Kerry and other testimony, he studied political science. He doesn't have any, he doesn't even know what the scientific method is. He's just running around, uh, kind of spouting off statistics from 
by the way, government scientists, we've talked about this before too, how the entire uh, research arm uh, in the entire world has been co-opted by government. Something like 98% of all research is funded by the federal government. So the very people that are trying to solve this problem are funding the research telling you that there's a problem. And it just seems to be a conflict of interest there, and it doesn't seem to pass the smell test in general. I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people no, as we're asking them to take that. We're not asking Americans. We're not asking Americans not to fly. You know, you're, you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're asking don't you fly. to lead by example, Mr. Secretary. That's what we're at you. Which is why I fly commercially. By example. Which is why I fly in that. This particular exchange irritates me as well because he says well, we're not asking Americans not to fly. He doesn't understand that, no, you're asking us to do much worse. You're asking us not to drive. We, we don't have private jets. We don't, and many of us don't take more than a handful of flights a year on commercial airlines, by the way. But what they're, what they're trying to do is to limit our driving. So it's, it's even worse than what the congressman is asking him to do. It's, it's a lot worse, right? Uh, restricting people's... Uh, ability to travel by putting them in 15-minute cities and all this kind of crazy stuff that, that a lot of these people are theorizing about. And I know a lot of you guys out there are probably going, oh, Seth, that'll never happen. Well, let me just tell you, there were things 20 years ago that people were talking about that they said would never happen that are happening, namely in the uh, surveillance uh, kind of realm of, of, of things. So you, you can't you can't rely on that. You can't you can't just dismiss things and say, oh, that'll never happen. You have to be vigilant. These people will take every bit of liberty that you have and think nothing about it. They, they don't think anything about the surveillance that they provide, that, that, they, uh, that they do in their prosecution of, of, of giving um, Americans security. They don't think anything about that. They don't, they don't see that as an infringement at all. They just see that as something that they need to do in the name of national security. So don't kid yourself. Um, if they're if they're dilly dallying around with it today, that's because they plan to implement it in the future. <laughs> okay, so this is this is something we all need to do is be more vigilant, more outspoken about these these so called plans. Um, yeah, so John Kerry thinks he's won. You know, a little a little point here in the debate that he's having with the congressman but he he hasn't he's actually he's actually opened him up in my opinion for more scrutiny no you're right you're not asking americans to stop flying you know commercial or or private jets you're you're asking them to do more than that or you will you i mean it, it only logically follows that you know once they get enough support to pass laws they're going to limit all kinds of things. How much you can run your air conditioner, uh, how far you can drive. Uh, some people even speculated that a lot of these electric vehicles will just turn off if you've driven too far or you've you've used too much electricity in let's say a week. You know, so there's there are serious problems uh, and implications, really really implications to pursuing this whole climate change. Let's let government, 
you know, solve the climate change problem. It's not just that we're saying that climate change doesn't exist. I'm saying, I'm saying climate, man-made climate change does not exist. Uh, climate change itself may very well exist, but it may have something to do that we have no control over. Like the, the way the, the orbit of the earth is, or the entire solar system is around the sun. You know, we may not be able, we, we can't do anything about that. But that may have more impact on climate change than, than what kind of vehicle I drive or how much gas I consume or how much electricity I use. Uh, another thing could be uh, the solar cycle itself. You know, the solar, the, the, the sun goes through cycles, uh, whether it be uh, uh, spots on the sun or solar flares. There's all kinds of cycles that the sun goes through. And that has an impact on the temperature of the earth. So there's a lot of, like I said before, there are ton, there are millions of things between the sun and the earth that have to do with the, the warming or the cooling of the planet. And for them to zero in on CO2 and, 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 then, and then use that to say, you must not have as much liberty, you must not have as much freedom as an American or a human being on the planet, that's a huge jump, okay? That's just a huge leap. And we, we can't allow these blood-soaked monsters that, are, that love waging war and killing people, which is exactly what this would do. It would kill people more slowly, but it would ultimately kill people if you limit the use of fossil fuels. Alex Epstein has, has I think, shown that in great detail in his books. So the bottom line is we, can't, we just can't allow this, okay? Um, all right, well, look, I'm starting to get preachy and it's time to wrap up. So I hope you've enjoyed this subject. Um, I may not get all the shows I want out this week. I'm traveling some. Um, and so it, it's, it's a little bit difficult on the road to, to make some of these programs, but uh, I will try to get them out and get them to you just as quickly as possible. So Appreciate your patience there. But if you like the show, share the show. And uh, as always, come back and listen. All right, everybody. Thanks. Peace.